Hi, this is John Amundsen, and I'd like to welcome you to the next podcast in our series of podcasts presented for you by the Psychology Association of Alberta. purpose of the podcast is to introduce information that's timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership I led in with this song because... In an extension of previous podcasts on the microbiome, I've got a couple articles and then a book I want to hype on this issue of um, micronutrients. Uh, and uh, uh, two, two things on micronutrients, another one on the alliance between psychologists and uh, dietitians in primary health care. All right, so, so first I, I just want to jump in uh, with uh, Bonnie Kaplan's book. Bonnie Kaplan is from Calgary, and Bonnie Kaplan has been Behavioral Research Unit Children's Hospital. I'm not sure where she is now, probably retired at this point. But her book is called, uh, uh, written with um, um, uh, Rutledge. Uh, Kaplan and Rutledge wrote the book. Uh, but Bonnie's been a lead on this thing for years and years. It's called The Better Brain, Overcoming Anxiety, Combat Depression, and uh, combat depression and reduce ADHD and stress with nutrition. And uh, many years ago, uh, uh, Brian Kolb of Kolb and Wishaw, um, Brian is a person I would be honored to call a friend, um, had uh, had some contact in southern Alberta uh, with a group of individuals who were using micronutrients uh, to treat a variety of conditions um, in th in their children and in the community. In other words, uh, people that were like lay individuals had been um, using this. And Bonnie uh, became a lead on, on the research. She was uh, kind of criticized because it turned out it was these nutrients had been used uh, to calm and tranquilize pigs for transport. So um, when these lovely animals were being taken off to be slaughtered, they would uh, put these micronutrients in them so they would go more peacefully uh, to their doom. Uh, and so people were laughing, saying, well, she's given pig tranquilizers to kids. Uh, nonetheless, uh, she conducted research that demonstrated efficacy, and her book is about a number of uh, instances, a, 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 a number of articles, a number of projects where this has demonstrated legitimacy. And she gives a lot of credit to Brian Kolb, um, who, you know, is of the, Col the I already said blah, 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 Kolb, Wisha, but of the neuropsych stuff going down at the University of Lethbridge. And, and he had sort of pushed her in this direction because Bonnie is a researcher um, uh, in in this area more so than he, he, he would have been. All right, so... So that's the book, and, and what is it? Well, I've already said it has to do with micronutrients. And so um, recently, uh, I have I found a couple of um, articles uh, that had to do with nutrition generally, generally speaking about nutrition, uh, but also then specifically about micronutrients. So let's start off with the article on micronutrients and then expand that into the role of psychology in promoting uh, food as medicine and psychological in the journal of stress international journal of stress management as provided through the apa articles database uh, there was a uh, an article 2023 brand new micronutrients absorbed via the oral mucosa reduce irritability and anger but not stress in university students during covid a randomized placebo controlled trial all right, so that that's sort of says it. Um, this was a, a, a research that was undertaken during COVID in Australia, um, and uh, Rutledge, one of uh, the, the authors, uh, the co-author of, of, of Bonnie Kaplan's book, um, 
uh, was um, the uh, junior, uh, not probably junior author, probably professor, and then did this research with some of her students. I would assume that's often what goes on. Um, they um, uh, found that, and I've already said it, the micronutrient group experienced statistically significantly greater reduction in interbellum and anger relative to the placebo. And they were measuring this um, with uh, the depression, anxiety, stress scale, um, as well as the affective reactivity scale and the abbreviated profile of mood states. Uh, but no group difference were found on remaining measures, both groups um, showing significant improvements in other areas of measurement. So they were looking at depression, anxiety, irritability, anger, sleep, diet, and, and side effects, et cetera, et cetera, questionnaires and all that. Um, so the idea of the micronutrients being a stress reducer um, is brought to question, but <clears throat> it may seem to have uh, some impact on um, irritability uh, and anger. So uh, not 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 the kind of if you're if you're in the nutrition as medicine uh, cohort, uh, this is not the, the best sort of thing that we would have would have wanted to hear about. Um, okay, so now let's go on to the second article, which is nutrition and depression: a collaboration uh, between psychologists and dietitians in treating depression. Right. Okay, so the the article is entitled. Um, nutrition and depression collaboration between psychologists and dietitians in depression treatment and it was published in the journal of the APA journal translational issues in psychological science the essence of the article is um, first off to summarize some of the research that has pointed at uh, the connection between diet and depression, the inverse relationship that is as diet is altered and there's a higher quality diet, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, depression goes down. The the main object of this research has been the Mediterranean diet, which I think we're all pretty familiar with. And there's uh, solid evidence to show that people who adhere to the Mediterranean diet, a higher quality diet, um, or they've done research on the Japanese diet, the Norwegian diet, different, different patterns of eating, <clears throat> that it does affect depression. So the idea then of food as medicine, food as a mental health treatment, uh, is uh, significant enough that we ought to pay attention to it. And the article uh, goes on to look at the role of nutritionists and psychologists in collaborating in these areas. So, so what they did is ask a whole bunch of questions to both of these professional groups. And they found that both of them agreed that this was there. And psychologists uh, were very knowledgeable about this for the most part around the uh, microbiome and nutrition and the importance of uh, using that to treat depression, and as were the dietitians. However, uh, what they did find was psychologists tended to overestimate their knowledge, and dietitians were a bit tutting on that, that psychologists were perhaps extending themselves beyond their scope of practice relative to the issue of diet. Um, uh, also, though, psychologists honored dietitians and nutritionists and said, oh no, they we think that they would know a lot about this or know enough about it to be able to help people with it. 
So um, let's let's take a couple of terms. Uh, what they say what they say was uh, individuals who eat a high quality diet are less prone to depression. And so Amundsen digs through the article and looks at well, what is a high quality diet. Well, the way they defined it was the traditional Western diet, and I think they mean the way North Americans eat, which is highly processed, quick food, and perhaps even to go so far as to talk about um, uh, junk food. And um, uh, this would be, um, the, you know, the big three, uh, fats, sugars, and salt. And that this diet, we know, is, has led to uh, epidemic portions of obesity uh, in North America. And then obesity perhaps then correlated with this uh, issue of diet and depression. So, so a high-quality diet would be, uh, I'm presuming, you know, less processed uh, and um, more... Um, diverse consumption uh, of, uh, of, of food, so probably less sugar, less um, salt, and less fat. In fact, the article does highlight sugar as highly correlated with depression, so the consumption of sugar in all forms is not a, not, not a good thing from a clinical point of view when it comes to depression. Uh, they also speak of specific deficiencies that are associated, zinc, B12, omegas. Uh, these are associated with depression and would therefore either be nutritional supplements or they would be uh, uh, sourced into the recommended foods a dietitian would provide. Um, so um, the, the, the bottom line in this is that probably psychologists, we get into the what is the Dunning-Kruger, that is because we know a lot about some things, we think we might know a lot about a lot of things, so we begin to talk about diet. Uh, also, you know, I throw in my personal anecdotes, I've not eaten meat since 1968, I've already gone on and on about my age, I'm, I'm, I'm closer to 80 than I am to 70 at this point. So I, I talk about my physical fitness, the accomplishments I've had in competitive sports and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 in so, and in so saying, uh, feel that perhaps my diet has been part of that. Hence, I do talk about diet and I talk about exercise as psychological interventions. Um, and again, I'm going up an alley here that's not really germane to, to what we're talking about here. But uh, just this week, I had a patient, and the patient says to me, God damn it, Amundsen, you were right again. I have been emphasizing with them exercise to deal with obsessive, compulsive, and anxious, depressive features. And they've lost 20 pounds. Uh, you know, they've been in the gym, they've lost 20 pounds, and everything's going much better for them. That, in other words, they became obsessive about a more positive habit uh, uh, or, or a positive habit. And, and so we do see that exercise, and, and then by extension, of course, nutrition uh, will, will perhaps uh, be this, the, the next thing that we'll, coop, we'll collaborate, cooperate, and collaborate with nutritionists and dietitians to take a look at. So there it is, um, uh, food as medicine, and a little uh, sidebar um, um, editorial about exercise as medicine. Well, um, we led in with um, 
Dee uh, Dee Sharp, I think, is a woman that did the song Mashed Potato. And now we're going to lead out with a song called Hot Doggin', which is um, some surf music. And it's the only two I could find that had to do with food. Mm-hmm. 